Welcome back to another segment of Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920, The Answer. I am Cleve Gaddis. I am your host. In this segment, we're covering what is causing the housing shortage. Why in the world is the amount of inventory, the number of homes available for sale, so dang low? We're going to give you an update on loan forbearance programs. Is it possible that we're going to have a real issue with foreclosures later this year? because of all the loans in forbearance and coming out of forbearance, and how to make sure that what you're selling is what's in the contract when you've subdivided a lot. And man, that is such a tricky question because it is difficult to make sure that the lender and the appraiser understand fully what it is you are selling, and so I'll give you some tips for that. You're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio, where we help listeners go from real estate novices to experts. So home selling and buying can be done with total confidence and without the worry typical with life's biggest investments. We want to connect with you. Go to gogaddisradio.com, G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S radio.com. You can ask questions, make comments, push back, share ideas, request your neighborhood be featured in our neighborhood spotlight segment, which will be coming up in the next segment of the show. In fact, this week we are featuring Aberdeen Forest, which is in Sandy Springs, in our neighborhood spotlight. So if you live anywhere near 485, you want to stay tuned for that segment of the show. You can also subscribe to our podcast on all major podcasting platforms. Go to gogaddisradio.com, G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S radio.com. Aaron in Dunwoody. Oh, we talked about Sandy Springs uh, in our neighborhood spotlight segment. Dunwoody's right there around the corner. Wants to know what's the reason for the housing shortage in the U.S. today. And Aaron, I did a little research because I thought I knew what it was, but I wasn't absolutely sure. And I found a quote from Sam Cater, uh, K-H-A-T-E-R, Vice President and Chief Economist at Freddie Mac. And he says, the main driver of the housing shortfall has been the long-term decline in the construction of single-family homes. Let me go back and say that again. The main driver of the housing shortfall has been the long-term decline in the construction of single-family homes. So the problem is we haven't built enough homes in the last 10 years or so. It says that decline has resulted in the decrease in supply of entry-level single-family homes or starter homes, which is certainly causing a problem throughout the market. Now, if we want to take a look here and say, okay, well, if we have not built enough homes, how far off are we? And so let's take a look at this. The number of single-family homes built in the 1970s was 11 million here in the U.S. In the 1980s, it was 9.8 million. So you can see it's just a little over a million a year and a little less than a million a year. In the 1990s, the number of homes built, 10.7 million. From 2000 to 2009, the number of homes built, 12.6 million. 12.6 million over a decade, 1.2 million per year. And from 2010 to 2019, there was a whopping total of 6.5 million. Half, nearly half of the rate of new construction from 2000 to 2009. That is a huge difference when you look at it. So the problem, Aaron and Dunwoody, is that we have not built enough single-family detached or single-family homes. In some areas in Metro Atlanta, they're building inexpensive 
properties, good starter homes, but they're further out from the city and not necessarily easy for everybody to get to. Let's talk about when economists believe that housing inventory will begin to grow. This is a study or a survey from Pulsenomics. And the question was, when will U.S. housing inventory grow again? 10% of the economists surveyed said that inventory would grow in the second half, excuse me, the first half of 2021. 43% said that inventory would grow in the second half of 2021. And let's hope they are correct. 26% say inventory will grow in the first half of 2022. 12% say inventory will grow in the second half of 2022, and 9% say inventory will start to grow in 2023 or later. So the reality is 43, 53, 63, 69% of the economists surveyed believe housing inventory will start to grow in the second half of 2021 or the first half of 2022. Some good information, Aaron. Thanks for that question. Let's give you a quick update, and if you've just joined us, you're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920 The Answer. I'm Cleve Gaddis, and I really appreciate you listening to the show. And I hope that you find this information helpful on a weekly basis. If, if there's anything we can do different to better connect with you, give you information that is more important, more valuable to you, reach out to us at gogaddisradio.com, G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S radio.com, and let's talk. As you know, or you may or may not be aware the U.S. government put some loan forbearance programs in place as in reaction to the pandemic. There have been a ton of mortgages falling out of forbearance. If we look back to May of last year, or I shouldn't say falling out of forbearance, coming out of forbearance, if we look back to the end of May of last year, there were 4.76 million, 4.76 million loans in forbearance. And this is from McDash Flash Forbearance Tracker, for those of you who might be interested. From August to October, there were between 3.93 and 3.59 million loans in foreclosure. Starting in early October, the number dropped under 3 million. And it's ranged anywhere from 2.9 million in November to 2.31 million toward the end of April of this year. So the reality is that there are lots and lots of loans that are in forbearance that are working out. And you probably are wondering, okay, well, if they're getting out of forbearance, if they're exiting forbearance, what's happening to them? Well, 47.3% of the loans exiting forbearance were paid in full. Now, this information is from the Mortgage Bankers Association. I certainly believe it's accurate. And that 47.3% was made up of 25.4% who made their monthly payments during the entire forbearance period. They never missed one. 7.5% paid off their entire loan, maybe a refinance. And then 14.4% brought their past due payments current. 36.5% of those in forbearance worked out a repayment plan. How does that divide up? 26.9% got a loan deferral, and 9.6% got a loan modification. The deferral, let's put what you owe us at the end of your mortgage, and you can pay it back when you sell your house. 16.2% 
So only 16 out of 100 loans in forbearance actually were still in trouble, and they had no loss mitigation plan still in place. And then 1.6%, that 16.2 is 14.6% with no loss mitigation plan, and 1.6% who had repayment plans in place, short sales, or deeds in lieu of foreclosure. So the reality is, is that the number of loans in forbearance is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And what I think is amazing is that almost a quarter of all of the people who had loans in forbearance or who, who are exiting forbearance never missed even a dollar of any of their monthly payments. I think that makes me feel a lot better about the future. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920, The Answer. We've got a listener question. It says, we subdivided our lot and have it under contract with the buyer. How do we make sure the lender and appraiser know what's being sold? That's from David in Lawrenceville. And, man, that is a great question. Every once in a while we sell properties where a larger parcel was divided up. And in a recent transaction, we had a parcel that was a little over six acres. There was about another half an acre that was sort of a separate lot that was in front of the house, and the owner of the property subdivided those two. The issue was that the legal description, or excuse me, the tax ID number, when you went to the county's website, it showed something entirely different than the 6.05 acres or whatever it was. And so there was lots of confusion between the buyer and the seller, and it was not fair to anybody. And I felt terrible because I let that one link to something on the tax records get out there for people to see, and it had erroneous information, even though the survey we posted online with the listing was correct, and it showed exactly, by the way, with an aerial view with a with the lot itself colored in a green color, it showed exactly what was happening. So the answer is... You want to include the most current legal description, a full legal description, even if you have to have a surveyor draw up the survey and an attorney write it. And you also want to show a survey of both of the lots that you subdivided. And my suggestion would be to take the lot that is going with the sale and highlight it in yellow and to take the lot that is not going with the sale and to leave it either unhighlighted or to highlight it in red showing that it's not included in the sale. You just need to be very, very specific and, David, I really appreciate you asking this question because I know that can be a big deal. If you're looking to sell your home anytime in the next three to six months, we believe we can sell your house for $28,000 more than your neighbors sold their house for, and we are not kidding. If you want to learn about how you can sell your house for $28,000 more than your neighbor, go to gogaddisradio.com, click on $28,000 more, put in a little information, and we'll reach out to you. And I know when you hear something like this, you got to think gimmicky, gimmicky, gimmicky. Well, it's not gimmicky. The reality is that when you call and find out how you sell your house for $28,000 more, we're going to do, do two things for you. Number one, we're going to prepare a customized maximum value plan, CMVP, which is like an appraisal on steroids that really helps you identify just how high you can push the purchase price. And that is great information to know because you got to do some projecting. you got to do some estimating in understanding how high you can push the purchase price. The second thing, it comes with a rehab and refresh budget of up to $15,000, which means we will give you at no additional charge up to $15,000 to make cosmetic improvements on your home. We have examples all over the city of Atlanta where we've invested anywhere from three or 4000 up to 15000 and it has affected the sales price to the tune of 20000 30000 40000 50000 So please, if you want to sell your home anytime in the next 
three to six months, go to gogaddisradio.com. Click on sell for $28,000 more. Put in some information. I'll reach out to you myself. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're featuring Aberdeen Forest in Sandy Springs in our neighborhood spotlight. And where are the best high schools in Metro Atlanta? Stick with us. We've got that and more. <laughs> 